Welcome to Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to my latest episode of Creating a Buzz About Health. Now, I often get asked, why do bees make honey? And it's one of those questions that often shocks me, or when I first was asked it, I was really shocked. And this is where we forget what we've learned and what we know. So there are things which I now take for granted, and I assume everybody knows about them. So one of these frequently asked questions is, why do bees make honey? Now, I'll start at the beginning. There's 22,000 species of bees, and only 11 of them make honey. So if only 11 make honey, what do all the other bees do? So the answer to that is they are the pollinators. Getting back to the bees that make honey, why do they make honey when the other bees don't? Well, it's because the other bees are bumblebees or solitary bees, and therefore they don't have a whole colony that lasts through the winter months. The honeybees, they still have a colony, although it reduces, so they could be 60, 70,000 bees in the summer, and they will reduce down to only five or 10,000 bees in the winter months, but they still need feeding. And so they make honey to feed themselves through the winter months. Now, that's the first answer. That's the most obvious one. So the bees need the honey for food. They also need the, the honey to feed themselves through the summer months. Honey is made from the nectar. So all of the bees collect nectar and they collect pollen. The pollen is the protein. The nectar is the carbohydrate. But it's only the honeybees that process the nectar to turn it into honey so that it will last through the winter months. So the way they process it is they are dehydrating it. Nectar is 80% water and it needs to be dehydrated to actually make sure it doesn't ferment. So if you want to make mead, just add water to honey and then um, you will get some mead. It won't always be a good mead, but um, that's a start. You do need to think about yeasts and things, but that's a whole other episode. So they are preserving the nectar so that they can feed on it through the winter months, whereas the other bees, they'll just have a bit of nectar as they go. And the nectar is the carbohydrate, it's the fuel, it what it's what helps the bees to fly around. So the bees are collecting honey or collecting nectar all through the summer, they're turning it into honey, and then they store it into the hive. But bees also need and get through an awful lot of nectar and honey through the summer months. And why is that? It's because the bees use the honey to make wax. The reason it's called honeycomb is because the wax, the wax honeycomb is made from honey. Now bees need an awful lot of honey to make a small amount of honeycomb. They need eight kilos of honey of honey to make one kilo of beeswax. So they need to have honey all through the year to make this beeswax. Now, quite a lot of beekeepers, they'll feed their bees sugar early on in the season with the excuse that, well, they can use it to build their wax. And I get that. And if the bees are using the wax, you know, they need the wax and it, it can really affect a colony if there isn't a lot of forage or if there's bad weather. If they can't collect nectar and make honey to make their wax, then they're going to not have enough 
um, storage space to store nectar later on, but also the storage space for the pollen and for the queen to lay eggs. Now, if the queen is laying between 1,500 and 2,000 eggs a day through the winter months, she needs to have enough cells to do that. Now, I've got some wax here with me, which obviously, if you're listening to it, you can't you can't see it. But if you do get to watch this on YouTube, then you will see um, what I'm going to share. So I'm going to start off with some very, very white pale wax. I mean, it really is almost white. And inside the wax, I've actually got little bits of pollen that have been stored by the bees, all different colours. Beautiful, beautiful pollen. And this is a very fine, very white, very pale wax. But there are areas on it where it started to go a bit more yellow. And that's where there's been a bit of nectar stored or where the pollen also has coloured the wax. Now, I have another bit of wax, which is a shade darker. So this is slightly darker wax comb. And the wax gets darker because the bees, for a start, they're walking around the hive and they've got pollen on their feet. So that does taint it does tend to color the wax and um you will get slightly darker darker colored wax now in the trade in the, the beekeeping trade and particularly the skincare where you're making skincare from beeswax we call the very pale wax super wax and that's because it often comes from the top boxes of a hive where the bees store the honey now super frames are not as deep as the brood frames where the bees, where the queen lays the eggs and where the brood is stored. And also you're gonna get different colored wax. Now what the bees will do over time is they will strengthen the wax using propolis and this will darken the honeycomb. So I've got, here's a super frame, which is, let me see, one, two, three. It's about four and a half inches deep. And there's quite, big frames in there. Now this super frame is after I've extracted the honey. So it's been spun out and then it went back into the hive so the bees could clean out any drops of honey. And there's propolis all around the frame. But also when you hold this frame up to the light, you'll see there's slightly different colours of wax. And that's where there was different floral sources of nectar stored in the wax and that will actually affect the color you know the wax will get darker if there's a darker honey in there now i've got two other frames these are brood frames so they're darker and one is really really dark so that's about three years old and then the other frame is about two years old and it's it's a little bit darker and again you'll see areas where the wax is, is darker still, or it might be a bit paler. And what is interesting that I love is that the bees, they leave gaps around the edges. They will chew away. So if you use foundation, this frame would have originally had foundation like four years ago. And the bees have chewed out gaps so that the queen can go from one side to the other to lay her eggs. And the heavier, I mean, the, the frame is heavier because it's bigger but wax is very very light but the dark wax frame is substantially heavier and that's because of the propolis and the propolis adds structure to the wax and what the bees do is they'll line each cell with propolis to then make it really hygienic and sterilized ready for the eggs and for the larvae to grow 
So I've got different shades of wax, but they're all made from honey. So when you're thinking about why do bees need honey and, you know, surely it doesn't matter if beekeepers take all the honey. It does matter because the bees need the honey to make the beeswax. OK, they could replace it with sugar. Now you have the question of the the properties of wax. Now, wax actually has the same frequency as bees, 256 hertz. So the wax is actually working as a, a memory and a communication um, holder throughout the hive. So when the bees dance on the beeswax comb, the vibrations are carried throughout the hive. And because the beeswax is the same frequency as the bees, it doesn't interfere with that messaging, with those frequencies. Now, I know that a lot of commercial beekeepers, they'll use a plastic um, foundation frame, which the bees will draw out wax from. Now, this will only be done in the super frames where the bees are storing the honey. And perhaps communication is not so important in the storage areas, but in the brood areas, it really is important. This is the hub of the hive. This is where all the networks are going around. Now, if the wax is connected throughout the hive and where it isn't connected, you'll have strings of bees who are connecting it. Then you have this communication network. So when one bee dances on a bit of beeswax, the frequency of those movements is carried all around the wax and picked up by all the bees. Now, if beeswax is made of sugar, would it have the same frequency, the same vibration? I don't know this. I would love to know this. If anyone does know, then please put a comment in the in the comments below because I would love to know this. And therefore, if it has a different frequency, it's going to affect the communication of the bees within the hive. So even though I may use a plastic hive, I always ensure that the bees are making their own beeswax in there. I don't use foundation anymore in any of my hives. So I know that the bees are making the wax themselves each season from the nectars they're collecting in this environment. Now, the other thing I found really interesting is about the relationship with wax moth, and I'm going to talk about that on a separate episode. But there is this incredible um, connection between the forage from the plants, the bees, the honey, the nectar, the beeswax, everything is connected. So if we take too much honey, if we take it early in the season, the bees may not have enough honey to make enough wax for the colony to expand. If we take it too late in the season, the bees are then left to only feed on sugar. If you feed them sugar or just whatever forage they can get to get them through the winter. So honey is absolutely essential for bees. I do believe that the bees are happy to share some honey with us as long as we appreciate the true value of honey, as long as we treat it as this precious commodity that we use as a medicine, not just to waste or to, to spread around or as a sugar supplement or a replacement. So really be mindful about the honey. We are taking the food from the bees, but 
just like I'm happy to share some of my food storage with my my friends and family, um, the bees are happy to share it too. And what makes a big difference is when we show appreciation and gratitude. So next time you're eating honey, think about how the bees have generously gifted it to you or to whichever beekeeper harvested it. And just think about how the bees are being replaced with honey or is it being replaced with sugar? So what can you do to help if you're not a beekeeper? Be very mindful where you buy your honey from. And if you don't keep bees and if you don't want to keep bees and if you don't produce honey, think about growing more flowers so that other bees, all the bees have enough nectar to produce more honey. And that's the key thing. They need more food. If they have an abundance of flowers, they're going to have an abundance of honey. And this is why the tropics and the central regions of the world have such an abundance of honey because they don't have winters. And so they've got nectar being produced all year round and the bees can produce honey all year round. So if you're really going to be mindful about where you buy your honey from, think about the parts of the world where the bees are producing honey all year round because there's flowers all year round. Very, very different to where I am in, in the UK with the northern hemisphere and in parts of the world where we have seasons. So there we go. This is why bees make honey. It's only the honeybees that make honey and they make it to feed themselves and to make their wax comb. I hope this episode has been really, really informative for you. Um, please share it. Please comment. Make sure you're subscribed. I love the fact that 85% of the people that listen to my podcast subscribe. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And just keep on creating a buzz about health. This podcast has been produced and edited by the wonderful B. Brook. And the music was created especially for me by Raya. Thank you very much. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.